Well, Middle Church, let me begin by saying it's so good to be with you all this Sunday, and especially this Sunday, the beginning of AAPI Heritage Month. Let me say from the get-go to our Asian, Asian-American, Native Hawaiian, Pacific Islander siblings, we, we cherish you. We see you. We stand in solidarity with you. Uh, we adore you. We wouldn't be the same without you. <clears throat> Today, uh, I come to you from Paris, France. We've just ended our presidential elections here. The Bernie Sanders of the bunch, if you will, finished third. And this past Sunday, we endured a repeat of Emmanuel Macron versus Marie Le Pen. It's literally the same thing happening again, one of my colleagues said. And that's how it feels a lot of these days. Um, didn't we just do this? I've been uh, thinking a lot about the sea lately too, the water. Uh, recently, and specifically, uh, a girl I somewhat met uh, in the south of France who blasted a jam and danced so freely on a rock in the Mediterranean, she literally got bothered that I didn't join her. <laughs> so of course I did. That and life's repetitions, cycles that seem to come back like the tide. You know, at the heart of it, our gospel story is, it's just a fishing story. And you might have one too. Standing on a dock, looking over, into the water, maybe being in a boat. At the edge of a pond or a lake or the sea. If you take a moment, I mean, literally right now, and, and think about your fishing story, you know, what image comes to mind? You know, what are you feeling and who are you with? What do you hear? What, what do you smell? What do you remember? The, the one thing I really appreciate about this fishing story in John is how particular it is for them. The quiet hope the charcoal fish, the miracle of catching fish, of course, but also the memories, the memories associated uh, with them and Jesus when they first left their jobs in the lives they knew to follow this rabbi. The, the reoccurring memory of Jesus looking like a ghost walking on water, Peter almost drowning and then literally going under the water their dead friend calling them from the shore. It, it, it's intimately theirs, and yet, you know, it, it, it's ours too, like a myth. And by myth, I don't mean something that isn't real. I mean myth as in myth, as in a story about ourselves that reoccurs again and again, like it's on repeat. As we think with and celebrate AAPI Heritage Month, and we think about and we lament and we anger the continued rise in anti-Asian global violence, uh, this fishing story returns to us today as more than a mere image. I, I think this fishing story uh, is in our brains. It, it, it feels real to us in our bodies as if it happens again and again, 
and again, and, and there is a lot we can say about post-resurrected Jesus, different ways to read his body, even this fishing story. But, but today, I think, it, I think it's important for us to read Jesus here as someone who has been targeted, someone who has died, someone who has come back to us in the morning via the breaking news, someone who wants our attention over breakfast. Jesus showing up as a walking hate crime victim come back to life. On the one hand, it, it, it can feel haunting, but on the other hand, there also can be a promise in the one who knows our wounds, okay? But also, that's a hard image, and that's an understatement. That is just a disturbing image to keep looking at. Something that keeps returning and gives us chills. In fact, according to John, it's the third time he shows up. And this time, he's calling them from the shore and for their attention. Here, these people of the boat have returned to their roots and what they know best. Here, these disciples of the boat are still absorbing the shock of all that just happened. Here, I think they might feel they're most vulnerable. It could have happened to me. It, it still could happen to me, to us, to, to someone I love, to someone I know. Some maybe even like Peter, you know, thinking to themselves, I froze. I didn't watch, I, I couldn't, I ran away. Disappointment and shame and guilt and fear and worry, all of these things fusing together inside their body, rippling off the water. And, and maybe they go out to fish because they, they want a small win, you know, a small victory, you know, to catch some fish, to be good at something again, to be alone and away from harm somewhere the marks of Jesus can't mark them. And maybe they're looking back to the water also in, in order to remember who they are and from where they come. Asking themselves, you know, how many generations does it take for us to be safe and free? Looking into an empty net, wondering if love and freedom are too elusive to catch to give, to feed. Over Christmas, I, I left Paris to visit the walled city at the historic French port of Saint-Malo, Saint-Malo, here in the north of France. I, uh, I, I often was above and uh, standing on the city walls and uh, I watched uh, the tide return every night and leave every morning. I, I studied the sand, the, the footprints, the stories of those going in and out of the water, and I recalled the manilamen of St. Malo down in Louisiana. Kirby Aurelio, a Filipino-American historian, content creator, and author of Black Lives and Brown Freedom, Untold Histories of War, Solidarity, and Genocide, recounts St. Malo, that story, uh, in an article, uh, history.com. 
St. Malo, the first Asian-American settlement established by these Filipino fishermen, forced laborers, in fact. St. Malo, known to be a floating village, a thriving community of houses built on stilts, similar to the countless floating communities in the Philippines and Southeast Asia, and how these Manila men revolutionized the shrimping industry in the South by introducing methods such as the shrimp dance, where they danced and stomped on piles of shrimp in a circular motion to separate the shrimp shells, right, from, from the meat. <laughs> and the settlement's namesake? After Juan San Malo, a leader of a group of Maroons who took refuge in the marshlands, and maybe you know the story. I remembered the story. I, I thought about my Filipino family members. I thought about origin stories and solidarity. I thought about revolutionary communities. And it began to remind me also of a really lovely article in the LA Times a few years back too by Ada Sang, entitled, What Does Asian Black Racial Solidarity Look Like? Specifically, the following commentary around Asian and Black solidarity saying, Life is not what you alone make it. Life is the input of everyone who touched your life and every experience that entered it. We are all part of one another. And then my favorite part. Wherever there's a fight, that's where I want to be. History is dangerous. So if it's dangerous, I want to be there. I don't know about you, but, but I, I want to be there. And, and I think Jesus on the shore says the same thing. I'm going to show up where history is dangerous. And I'm going to ask you to show up with me. At their heart, uh, St. Malo and Lake Tiberius are stories of, uh, of legacy sharing, multi-geographic solidarity, and creative movement building. Uh, they embody Kate Bauer's poem, To love yourself is to love the world and find a place to live in it, regardless. At their heart, they're fishing stories that keep coming back to us and through us. And every time they return, they return regardless of the tide, and love stands on the shore calling out for our attention. As we celebrate and think with our Asian, Asian-American, Native Hawaiian, Pacific Islander siblings, I, I think we can reimagine this fishing story and who Jesus is at breakfast. He's more than his appearance. He's more than a hate crime. He's more than a survivor. When we look at him again, one of the things I absolutely love is to consider how nobody dares to ask him who he is. They don't ask him the minority question. <laughs> who are you? What are you? Where are you really from? He's not invisible either. 
Even though his identity is now one of in-betweenness, after resurrection, you know, before ascension, he, but he's always been in-between, hasn't he? Two worlds, between the genealogies of Mary's womb and the water womb, the Jordan, through which he passed and crossed over. He's always been more than brutality and migration. Here on the shore, Jesus is the elder handing down traditions. Jesus is the melting pot. Jesus is the hyphenated and the ampersand. Jesus is the names we keep. Jesus is the story before and after the water. Jesus is the culture. Jesus is the fish from far away. Jesus is the woven nets and textiles we use to craft our world. Jesus is the stilts above marshlands. Jesus is the break dancer. Jesus is the maroon. Jesus is every miracle at every return. And so, yeah, this is also our fishing story because this fishing story is our movement. And it goes something like this. You know, one of us says, I'm going out to fish to be sad, to try to remember who I am, to find safety. And all of us say together in solidarity, we'll go out with you so we can be sad together, angry together, so we can remember who we are together. And, and we stay up all night waiting for a miracle, often catching nothing. And in the early morning, we meet God with us, shrimp dancing on the shore. And Jesus breaks the ground, breaks the earth, breaks the ice, all sarcastic-like saying, haven't you any fish? <laughs> and Jesus gives us the nod saying, do it again. I know what just happened. It's happened before, hasn't it? To you, to your grandmothers, and I know what you feel. Notice how all of this is sitting in your body. Take breaks, be with loved ones, remember who you are and from where you come, and then celebrate, celebrate all of it. Be creative with it. Throw that net to the other side. Do it for the kiddos. Do it for the tomorrows. Do it for the culture. Do it for yourself. Do it for each other. And then have a little something for breakfast too. Grace is cooked over charcoal. Fish and bread too. And we eat breakfast quietly and we're bolstered to re-engage. And after breakfast, we talk it out. We, we talk about love again. Feed my lambs. Mm -hmm. Take care of my lambs. Feed my lambs, Jesus 
says, and we remember our origin story and our future. How? If I can be rather poetic, <laughs> because love has always had gills. Love has never stopped stomping its feet. Love has always known how to break dance. Uh, love has always weathered the weather. And what does our love look like in this fishing story myth returned to us here today? Love is our collective great hall. 153 miracles we've inherited from our elders and counting. Love is the nets that, that have been handed down to us in the traditions, all of the traditions we've, we've learned to craft and love for ourselves. Love is the way they hold steady and strong and never break. Love is the meal we serve, hot or cold. Love is the way we cook and eat and feed. Love is the rising above the marshland. Love is a floating village. And so, yeah, at the heart of it, it's a fishing story. And yeah, today, it's a beautiful myth returning with every tide. And? And at the end of it, it helps us show up. Helps us become a thriving community built on stilts. Us. Dancing over the food we'll use to feed love back to the world. I pray. I believe. I receive. And may it be so. And amen. <laughs>